You are listening to episode two of the You Are a Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denano, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In today's episode, I'm speaking with an external relations and policy manager, lawyer, and East Baton Rouge school board member. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, today's guest advocates for equity for black, brown, and low-income students with the Education Trust, a nonprofit organization. Today's guest is Tramel Howard. Welcome to the podcast, Tramel. Hey, Kyla. So Tramel, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, so I am Tramel Howard, originally born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I am a graduate of the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. I received my broadcast journalism degree had aspirations of being this big sports reporter for ESPN. That was my dream job. And that's what I went to school and started off doing. That totally changed once I got involved with education. Graduated from law school in 2015 from the greatest institution ever known to mankind, the Southern University of Los Angeles. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Excited to share my thoughts and give perspective on this very interesting topic that I've been talking to folks about since I've transitioned out of the traditional role of being a lawyer. So here I am. Great, great. So I saw broadcast journalism and then what you're doing now as a policy and external relations manager, do you think you were always setting yourself up to do something with the public? Yeah, I think I was always setting myself up to be in a public facing role. The broadcast journalism had me in the public and then now this role, I still get to be public facing. And so being in a public facing role was something I probably would always have ended up in. But in this capacity that I'm now currently serving in, it's totally different from what I had planned for my own self. So I guess that was just my destiny. So with your current role, could you give some more details about what you do? Does every Mm -hmm. day look the same? Does it look completely different? I'm the external relations and policy manager for Ed Trust in Louisiana. So what I do is I build relationships with coalitions throughout the state of Louisiana to make sure that we are focused on policies that are being implemented in Louisiana, focusing on that subgroup of low-income and black and brown students. Every day is totally different when you're working with external relations partners and legislators and advocating to policymakers. I spend a lot of my time at board meetings during legislative session which would be going on right now if if we weren't dealing with COVID-19. So that just means me sitting through education committee meetings, hearing about policies that folks are trying to pass, and then looking and listening and understanding what are the indications of those policies on the subgroup of students that we specifically deal with in my organization and making sure that equity is always at the forefront of these conversations. So just a little background information about my organization. I work for the Education Trust. The Education Trust is a national nonprofit that focuses on equity, equity in education, specifically targeted around black and brown students and low-income students. So we are basically an organization that makes sure that education policy from early childhood all the way up to higher education is focused on equity and specifically has targeted policies and practices that are beneficial to low-income and black and brown students. It's a very unique organization, meaning that a lot of people talk about equity. Our mission and our vision is specifically calling out subgroups of students and making sure that policies and implementations are beneficial to that subgroup of students. Oftentimes, we know that in policymaking spaces that there are always sectors of the population that are left out. And so my job is to make sure that that voice is always at the table. So I really enjoy the work 
I love working for the organization. It's a national organization. And our CEO is actually the former Secretary of Education for President Barack Obama. So it's very interesting to get that understanding and insight about someone who has experience on a national level, like working in the presidential administration, then bringing that to the ground here in Louisiana. So thoroughly enjoy the work. I kind of knew that I wanted to work in education policy once I changed my course while in law school. So I'm really enjoying the work that I'm currently doing. That's awesome. I love that you use the word equity. A lot of people talk about equality, but equity is a little bit stronger in making sure everyone is covered. So I love that. Now, I saw that you originally wanted to practice family law, and then you changed your mind when you were in law school. Was that because you realized you could advocate for people in a different way or outside of being a family lawyer? I practiced as a student attorney for two years in our family law clinic. And so what I, what I found while doing that is that a lot of the cases that I would receive, moms and, and sometimes dads would come in with their kids. And so I always thought about like, I'm getting them at the point where they're going through all of this stuff in the legal realm. Like, what is it like for people who have to deal directly and work directly with students? But then being in family law, like you see the impact that these students face when they're coming through the system, whether it be for their parents are going through a divorce or whether they're trying to get child support or whether they're trying to figure out custody. It was just so much that I saw these kids dealing with. And I wanted to have an impact on those kids' lives in a different capacity and not just getting them once they came into the legal system. I was just thinking of ways to have a direct impact with students and not necessarily directly impacting them like through court or through like trying to get them out of trouble or through trying to help as their family navigates divorces. So kind of knew that I wanted to work in education policy once I changed my course while in law school. Always loved working with students in like any capacity. So I was like an orientation leader. I worked in like the student affairs committee while in law school. So I always like to engage directly with students after law school. I went and I did a little more government law work. And then that's when I really realized like, man, I literally left an entire sector of folks that I could be having an impact on. I joined Teach for America. And for folks who don't know what Teach for America is, it's an organization that trains teachers and put them in some basically under-resourced districts and they help facilitate teaching. And they're like the lead teachers in the classroom. And so my first teaching job was in uh, Ruleville, Mississippi. And the first day I stepped foot in that classroom, I knew that my trajectory was to be in education. I mean, the, the level of love that those kids needed and I was able to provide and assist them with just so much in life. Those kids still call me to this day. And it just was so impactful. And just to see that you can, A, have an impact on a person's like education well-being so you can help them change their own trajectory in their own life. And B, just being that father figure or that big brother figure to those students was just something that I, I don't even know how to put it into words. But I knew that, that at that moment, that's where I was supposed to be. And so I changed my entire trajectory and started specifically focusing on education and how I can be impactful through education. Once you changed your mind and decided you didn't want to do family law, had you thought about taking the bar exam after that? I knew I wasn't going to take the bar in July right after we graduated. I was a law clerk um, while we were in law school. And so I just continued to move my way up. I was working for 14 attorneys. Like I had great relationships with all of them. One of our attorneys left and became the director of our procurement and contract sector. And so he was like, 
hey, Tramiel, you want to come with me? And he offered me like a full-time job. So I never really had to like had the struggle of like needing a job, needing to take the bar to go practice or go work at this big firm job because I was offered a full-time job immediately after we graduated. We graduated May 9th, I believe. I started my job as a full-time employee like May 12th. So it was never any like major transition to think about. So a lot of them encouraged me to like, you should go take the bar just because of law. And I just was like, I mean, yeah, I probably should while it's still fresh on my mind, but I also knew that there was other things for me to do and to create my own path. And it didn't have to be the traditional path that people uh, assume that you should take once you graduate law school. So after that first bar exam passed in July, it never was something that I thought about unless people asked me about it. Yeah, I understand that. Um, Especially now, I'm at a point in my career where passing the bar exam would not improve anything that I'm doing right now. Um, I think it is just one of those milestones that you're supposed to do after you graduate. Exactly. Yeah. So in the role that you have now, is it a JD preferred job or you just bring all of your skills as a law graduate to the job? Um, I bring all of my skills to the field as a law graduate. It's not necessarily a JD preferred. So it's just very one of those non-traditional trajectories. But a lot of people who work in government affairs and policy management have law experience or actually went to law school and have a JD. So it's not a JD preferred job specifically, but it is a job that my skill set comes into play a lot. So you were recently elected to serve on the East Baton Rouge School Board as representative of District 3. How does that assist you in advocating for others? Elected leadership was never something that I even remotely thought that I would want to be involved in. But people oftentimes talk about um, law, law graduates, like politics is like the next big wave for when you graduate law school. I had a mentor who kind of talked to me about like different ways to have impact education-wise. And so one of the things that I was really focused on was like, I have this direct experience of impacting kids directly in my own classroom. So how can I broaden that aspect of like really impacting a larger sector of students outside of the ones who just come inside of my classroom? So we had a conversation and he talked to me about like elected leadership. And I was like, oh, no, we have to find a different path because elected leadership is not it. Um, But he (laughs) sent me to a conference in D.C. and it was about African-Americans who were interested and intrigued by local politics and uh, statewide politics. When I went to that conference, I came back so empowered to be a young Black male and be involved in in elected leadership or think about what that could mean for my community if I was elected. At the time that I ran for school board, there were no African-American males on our board. So again, there was a missing piece of voice One of the things that drew me to school board was I was in a a district where only 50% of African-American males were graduating from high school. But you also have a policymaking body or board that has no representation of the African-American male experience on the board. So I was like, something has to change about this. So I decided to run. Me and one of my middle school friends, we ran together, graduated law school together. He was my fraternity brother. And we was like, you know, we're going to do this. And so we decided to run. I ran and I won. I was the youngest person ever elected to our school board here in our city. And it was just a phenomenal experience. And instantly I felt the impact that it had on my students who were just overjoyed that I was actually participating in this process and I actually won. 
My favorite campaign volunteers were my students who were just so excited to represent me in a way and to put me in a position to have an impact on a lot of students. My students have been phenomenal and impacting my life. I tell their stories all the time because they have just been so great to me in my career because they have been just phenomenal humans. It just shows me the good in humanity through the lens of a student. So I was the youngest elected to our school board, and then I hit the ball running. I was elected for my first time as vice president. The same month, I was elected to the board, and then I just was re-elected to go into my second term as vice president this past January. So it's been exciting work, learned a lot, and I'm just trying to do what I consider my part to help change the outcome for students, specifically students who look That's excellent because representation matters. And it's also excellent because you could have said, hey, we need to have more teachers. I'll be a teacher. I'll tell my friend to be a teacher. I'll tell his friend to be a teacher. But you said, no, I'm going to run for office and now I can affect the hiring practices. Um, So that's great. Was there anything else that you want to share about how law school impacted you, how it just benefited you, even though the trajectory of your career changed multiple times? People often ask me, would I do it all over again? And the answer is always yes. Our graduates and our classmates are doing some phenomenal things. And just to be in that environment and see Black excellence, first of all, I just think that the experience that we received at Southern University Law Center was second to none. But I always tell people when they're considering going to law school, just to make sure that you want to go to law school for you and you've already kind of figured out like what your path forward is. You don't have to be stuck in what tradition looks like because people try to tell me that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, that this is not the way to go. Everybody just expected me to just follow the tradition. And like, I'm a firm believer that you have to create your own path because if you do not create your own path, then you lose out on a level of happiness that you and only you have to live with. I still talk about law school. I talk about my law school experience. I talk about what it means now for my career. And I talk about doors that it was able to open for me as a young Black professional in the workspace that I'm in now. I would encourage anybody to just do your own research. I mean, obviously, I, I wish I didn't have as many student loans, but <laughs> I, the experience and the return on the investment is way more impactful to my life than any student loan can ever be. So I'm grateful to be a non-traditional lawyer and, and continue to tell the story because I think it's a story that needs to be heard so that folks are not discouraged, like, A, if they decide to take the bar, they don't pass, or B, they have a different pathway that they want to take. There are opportunities for you to still be successful, even if it's not the traditional way. I couldn't have said it better. I did not pay him to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, Tramel, well, thank you again. Thank you, Kala. I appreciate it and continue to do great things. (laughs) Thanks. You have a great day. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. Subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Leave a comment on our Instagram or Twitter pages. You can find those details in the show description. Feel free to contact me at Kyla at youarealawyer.com. Have a great day.